Hello and welcome to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur taking a billiard ball to the head. Well, we're back with our extended coverage of 2001's martial arts spy film, Kiss of the Dragon. And we're bringing you an exclusive interview with the director of the film, Mr. Chris Neon. And yeah, Cam, what a delightful chat we've got coming up for everyone. Definitely. I was really interested to dive into this one because, you know, Chris hasn't done a lot of other films we've seen. Um, he has a fairly select filmography, really, when you look at it. So I was really curious just about the process of making this film because there's not a lot recorded about it. And I think it does stand out among Jet Li's, um, you know, non-Chinese films. Yeah, you look at the Wikipedia page for Kiss of the Dragon and the production section. There's barely anything there. Um, and that's what I, when Chris agreed to do the show, I was, I was very, um, very excited to sort of flesh that Wikipedia page out. I mean, I'm not going to do it myself. So hopefully someone else will fill it out for me. But, you know, without further ado, let's speak to the man himself. Let's flesh out that Wikipedia page. Cam, roll the interview. And joining us now, the director of this week's film, Kiss of the Dragon. It is Mr. Chris Nell. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, obviously, we're talking about your film, Kiss of the Dragon. But before we get to the film, we want to get to know you a little bit better. So the first question we ask all of our guests on the show is, how did you get into, well, in your case, directing? Uh, how? Well, it's a long story. I, I, I can't make it like, like this. It's a, it's a long process. But mainly, it was a decision. I, from a minute to another, I took the decision to become a director. I announced it to my friends that was with me that night. They told me that I'm crazy because it was like almost impossible since I don't know nobody in the in the cine in the cinema. But I, I, I was um, like, sure, I, I will do it. And, um, and I told them, uh, well, it's like this. So I, I was traveling. I was hanging around like uh, I didn't know what to do of my life, <laughs> to be honest. So we were traveling with friends and uh, with no plan, like for month and i had this vision and i said okay uh, i i want to do it then after it, it it was not that easy for sure since uh, you don't know nobody and um let's say that um, i i wanted to um to meet at least someone who who who's working in the cine to let me mm -hmm. know how to do i was like 18 huh? um and um, I was working in the market. I was selling clothes just for making money, you know, and, and trying to pay my first short movie and, and buying a few rolls of 16 millimeters. And that was my idea. But for sure, uh, I, I, I didn't know nothing. So I, I say, OK, maybe I, I should go to Cannes and try to, to meet someone in Cannes. Why not? Because this is the place where the cinema is happening. <laughs> Best place for it, yeah. So I went to Cannes, knowing nobody. Uh, I bought a, a, how do you say, um, tuxedo? Mm? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. 
and I crossed the line. Nobody stopped me. And, and, and I walk up the, the stair and nobody stopped me. But I didn't have the ticket to, to come inside because I was seeing they, were, they, they needed tickets to, to pass the, the, the door. So when I was upstairs, I turned around. I, I didn't want to go into the line. And I looked for by the, the, the windows if there is a way to enter some other place. I couldn't find. And suddenly I, I had that door kick my face uh, opening. And it was um, Mick Jagger. Oh, wow. <laughs> and okay. he said, oh, sorry, do you want to come in? I say, yes, why not? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I came in. And, and, and the most crazy thing is when I was inside, I, I was on the top, uh, the last li li lane from the, I mean, I had the wall behind me. And there was a guy down on the first floor because there is three floor and he was looking at me and saying hey hey like this come come i, I didn't know but he was saying me he said yeah yes come come to see me <laughs> so i went downstairs I, I i i say hi to the guy and the guy say hi chris what are you doing here and i didn't recognize the guy at all and and i say well i, I want to do cine i, I want to be director the guy said, you should have told me, <laughs> sit here, I'm going to present you people. And, and start to present me people working in the cine and I uh, actually in laboratory, so it's not that useful, but at least it was something. Uh, it was laboratory uh, Eclair. And, uh, and I realized during the conversation that was that guy behind me in the market who was selling potatoes <laughs> and he was working in the cine too but he never told me and I, I i was with him every like two two days a week working and talking but i never told him <laughs> and it was that guy whatever so i start by that way i meet some people there i say oh, yeah you know i want to 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 see a set i i i i've been invited to a set uh to work and it was a very very bad experience the director was awful, really very aggressive. I did my best, but uh, it was perfect because I said, okay, I, I, I will never be an assistant anymore. I, I'll be a director because it's what I want to do. So I, I bought that, that rolls of 16 millimeters, three rolls, 120 meters. And uh, since I couldn't watch the, 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 the set in the, in the short movie, I visit because the guy was really, really um, not uh, not easy with me. Um, I, I start that first shot, and and um, the the DOP say, okay, you tell me. I show him. We, we shot the first shot, and so like action, and we shot. <laughs> and I was waiting, and and the DOP after a while uh, goes uh, outside from the. The black sheet and say you don't want to cut. I say what? I I I I show you the plan. I didn't know. I, <laughs> I need to say cut. <laughs> say sure. You need to tell me cut. So I say okay, cut. And then there was the script uh, coming to me and say you you burn the first roll <laughs> in the first shot. So you have two two roll left <laughs> to finish your <laughs> shot moving. Uh, and for sure, but I did it. 
and, and we finished it and it was and it was it was correct I, I had some festival and then okay then the story is long but um that's as the way i start basically well i'd like to know you know you decided you wanted to be a director was there any directors that you had seen that you'd admired was there what were some of the films that were jumping out to you at that time mm, and um that movie of uh, steven spielberg spielberg was my reference definitely mm. uh then carpenters and uh, movies um and riley scott and it was a time when you you had um those movie from encounter and that was the reference for me right and um as i said uh, those movie of uh, john carpenter and riley scott aliens for sure even for um the exorcist uh this director is crazy um well that that was the kind of movie who, who, who gave me the envy to to do cinema so i was like 14 15 and i wanted to do cinema for that kind of uh, audience and it's interesting that your story about kind of you know breaking into can in a way is very similar to like the spielberg story of him breaking onto the universal back lot as well I, I never heard his story. I, I don't know. It, it is? Yeah, yeah. He snuck onto the Universal backlot, and that was kind of how he got his foot in the door. Oh. <laughs> no, what is funny about him, for me, is that um, he was my master. And, and as crazy as I was, I, I say, I'm going to be a very good director. Uh, maybe uh, I can be the best. And Spielberg was my really my, my reference and the master. And when I watched the box office after uh, the Kiss of the Dragon, my first movie uh, got released, I watched and I saw AI first, Steven Spielberg and my <laughs> second. <laughs> and I say, what the fuck? How crazy is life? <laughs> it was my master. I couldn't go, uh, I, I couldn't pass him, of course. It's, it, it, it's life is like this. I mean, there is a lot of message behind this, but um, uh, even though he did a, a sort of hack, I, I didn't know. But myself, I think I hacked the cinema to, 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 to do it. Well, you know, you got in, you've done your short film, but there's obviously a gap there between when that happens and Kiss of the Dragon, of course. Now, sure. I've read online, and this might be incorrect, and you can, you would be the one to know, that your connection with this film came through Luc Besson. Is how is that correct, or or is it or is it different? No, no, it is correct. Um, it says that meanwhile, um, I did like two short movies, then I opened. My, my company. Uh, meanwhile, I was working in the SFX, um, not on set, but in post-production. Mm -hmm. And uh, I start to produce my friends. They, they all uh, did their, their, their feature films. So there, there was a, a few directors that became, well, they, they had their, um, uh, their success. But I didn't, I, I, I couldn't do my mind because I was very busy with my company. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I decided to stop the company uh, one day. I it was very very um, uh, successful the company. That's why it was not so easy to stop because I was doing a lot of movie, making a lot of money. <laughs> I had three kids, uh, credit, everything. Well, it it was um, it was fine, but I I needed to to do that feature film. I didn't know how, um, so I wrote a script and I say okay now. Let's try to make it with no idea at all. Once again, no, I, I didn't know any producer, cinema producer. I was doing commercials. Um, so I say, okay, I call all my clients and I say, I stop. And I'm going to produce this short movie. And uh, with this short movie, who was a piece of my, uh, my script, was supposed to let me do my, my movie. Um, so they told me I'm crazy, whatever. I, I didn't care. I, I break my house. I cut the stair just to do shots. And after two days, I received a phone call from um, Luc Besson from nowhere. For me, I didn't know him at all. Uh, it was his wife, actually, his assistant, but I knew it was his wife also later on. And he said, I want to meet you because I, I, I have a, I mean, Luke wants to meet you. He, he, he heard about your work. He wants to meet you. Wow. When? Like tomorrow. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a shooting. Uh, I break my house. I stop my company to do this movie, to start to make it cine. You want to see me in the middle? Okay, whatever. Okay, I come. Sure, sure. And the day after, he say, no, we can't sell. Ah, okay. I can sell my, my shoot. But tomorrow it's okay. So I can sell the next day. And once again, he can sell again. So it started to be complicated with the team. And the third day, it, it, it confirmed. So I went there. We met. I didn't know why he wanted to see me. We talk. We talk like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And he said, okay, well, great. Great to see you. And I had a friend who was working with him. I didn't know <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> and, he, 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 and he just called me before. I said, you know, look, he's very excited. He wanted to, he want to see you because he has a project. But Luke didn't talk about the project. Uh, before stand, standing up and, and say goodbye, I say, I don't get it. You, you saw me. Maybe you had something to tell me, no? You, you didn't have a project? And he said, well, uh, actually, yes, I have a project for you. Ah, okay, but then maybe you have a script. They say, no, I don't have a script. Ah, okay. Uh, but if you want, I can tell you if you have the time. Like, how much time? Say, well, one, two hours. I say, okay, sit, stay. Uh, and I called his assistant and he told me all the movie during one hour and a half. And after I told him, well, sure, I want to do this movie. And he said, how much do you want? I told him how much I want. Say, okay, deal. We check hands. And, and that was, that was, <laughs> after three days, <laughs> I had this movie, incredible, uh, like $20 million uh, budget, which was insane for me since I, I never direct any feature film. And uh, that was on. So when you're being presented with what the project is, I'm just very curious about kind of the origins of it, because I see Jet Li has a story credit on the finished film. So 
Was this an idea that Jet Li was bringing to Luc Besson? Was it something they'd collaborated on together? How, you know, when you come in, what is sort of the background of the project? Uh, when he told me I have the script, he said, I think he talked about Robert Kamen, for sure. As a, but I'm, I'm not even sure. Say, well, I have the story. Didn't want it to, 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 to say so much, to tell me. Uh, but for sure, I don't think he told me it was uh, an idea of chat. Uh, but I cannot be very specific. It's been a long time. I guess he told me, well, whatever. I have the script. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay, deal. Later on, I remember that I realized that he was uh, also part of the script. And Robert came in for sure because I was working with him to understand who, well, to, to, to get the story really from inside and to understand it correctly um, and to feel it, to digest it my way. No, sure, yeah. sure, sure. It, yeah. it's, it was a long time ago. It makes sense. Um, in that case, I, I suppose you're presented with this project by Luke. Um, in terms of its origin, we're not so sure, but that's fine. Did it evolve or did the script evolve from that point onwards or was the script locked when it was handed to you as a director and it was your job to then bring it to life? No, it evolved. It evolved a bit. Um, there was a few sequences that disappeared, some other there's um, uh, adaptation adaptation regarding the, the locations. Uh, there, there was some evolutions. Not that much. I mean, the, the, the structure was, was there. That was very clear. Um, not, so, not, not so much, I would say, as usual. Usual means um, you still have an adaptation and then you, you have to feel the actors. For sure, if, if it's action sequence, there is so much rehearsal that there is not so much adaptation. Unless there is someone hurts, that's happening a lot. <laughs> uh, you don't have enough time, so you need to finish whatever. Um, but the script was very uh, already very clear. Well, you mentioned it just there. I think my next question would be casting. Obviously, you've got Jet Li. It's, it's his project by the sounds of it. But when you came on board, were you charged with casting the, the rest of the actors and sort of bringing that vision to life? Or did they have people, did Luke have people in mind? What was that process like? Well, uh, we, we talked about the, um, the girl. Um, there was a few names possible. So we exchanged ideas and um, we had... Um, hmm, uh we, we bridget was in the list but she was mm -hmm. not the first uh, on the top i think she was the third and uh, the two of us didn't uh, couldn't make it so uh luke went there in in, uh, uh, in, the, in los angeles and we were talking by phone and he told me okay i i Bridget uh, is okay to do it. What do you think? I said, well, wonderful, for sure. And that's that's what I remember. Regarding the French casting, um, 
Cheki Carrier was his friend. He wanted to work with him, and I was very pleased to work with him. Chetli, well, there is nothing to say. Um, and all the rest was casting made on, in France uh, and in England. So mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, I, I sent my casting director in England to try to find some some nice people. Uh, the way I like to to cast the people, so more or less in the street. I'm, I remember the prostitute was really. I mean, they they were working. Uh, they, they they knew what they are talking about. Um, some boxer was really boxer. Um, this black guy, uh, I forget his name, Lawrence. I talked with him just not so long ago. I'm sorry, guy. Um, the rest of the casting was normal process. I mean, you send someone, they send you some uh, some proposition, say yes, no, yes, no, until okay, it's fine. Unless you have a, pressure, a specific question about someone, uh, there's not much, not so much to say. I'd be remiss if I didn't dig down a teeny bit into when you spoke about the Bridget Fonda character. You said there was a couple more names on the list. Do you recall any of the other potential names? Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I remember one name. I need my glass. Um, the, the, the first one was Charlize Theron. But the second one, I, I can't remember who she was. I don't just Charlie Theron, she was full. I mean, she 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 was very tired. She she was having a lot of uh, proposition. Um, I remember that she she she, uh, she apologized not to be available for the movie, but uh, well, she couldn't. Then uh, I was I I wanted to work with her at this period, but she she, she was not available. Whatever. It's happening a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Casting is very complicated. The most complicated part in the scene. At what point in the process does Koryun and his fight team enter? Because when you're going through the script, are you talking to him as the you know action director, the fight director or choreographer um, to try to figure out the sequences? At what point is he involved? Uh, he is very involved as uh, a force of propositions then uh, for sure uh, it's very adaptable so he's he's listening he's bringing ideas um jet is bringing a lot of id too um luke was very involved also in that part um he wanted us to bring a, some kind of humor and and for sure, I was in the process too. So it, it was a mix. But Corey, definitely, he is very, very important since um, he, he is managing like the, the, um, the level of ambition, we can say. Right. The guy who's pushing uh, uh, the, the line <laughs> to... to, to to have something very like wow, um, and is is well. I, I never met I mean any um, action director as professional as he is. 
uh, is very, very good. Was there any sequences that like him and Jet came to the table with that they really wanted to do? Like ones that for them were really important to get into the film? I think they had all they wanted to do. I, I don't remember any frustration on that part. We, mm -hmm. we were doing... I mean, they, it was not a science fee movie, so we, we tried to to stay for sure realistic uh, using the cable, but not too much. Um, so, mm, 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 mm. I don't remember that we, they, they had to push or to fight because we were very free. I mean, no, nobody was really behind her saying yes, no. I start the movie, uh, uh, first week, um, I think Luke came two times. The 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 the, the third the third week maybe he came again. Well, we had a talk, and I asked him just to take a bit of uh, distance sometimes because um, he he has his charisma and when when he's coming and and the team for sure they are uh, wanted to work with him so suddenly it's like oh <laughs> there's another director coming on set and everybody's trying to uh, to help him or if he say okay chris can i take a camera to to do a second camera here say right for sure my pleasure but then you have no all the technician <laughs> run away there <laughs> and then they say hey man you're joking so uh after it was eight weeks uh, shoot I, I never see him again uh, and nobody came on set we did whatever we wanted but also everything was on the paper was planned like it was um i cannot say we needed to sacrifice some uh, some ambition no no we did everything we wanted the production was very 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 square very very well produced now obviously when you wanted to decided you want to direct films you snuck into can made your short films worked in television on, in adverts and then you're making this film you're making a theatrically released film 20 million dollars high stakes game was there a moment when you were shooting some maybe you might remember you're shooting a scene particularly where you had to sort of pinch yourself like i've made it i'm shooting a major motion picture yeah that was surreal for sure I, I couldn't be um, that was sorry, but in another way I, I needed to be so focused. I needed to 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 take all my energy and and, and really I spent a lot of energy to, to make it work as I wanted to. Um I I was very sick on set, also very, very tired. I was peeing blood. <laughs> Oh my god. Every day the 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 the, the, um, the doctor sent the ambulance for me to go to to the hospital and I I hang up the, the phone say well, you're joking I'm not the guy said you're going to die. <laughs> I remember I said I don't care I'm going to finish this movie. And and sometimes I spend my night in the hospital just uh, to support the the pain because i had also stone in the kidney oh. uh, so i had to spend <laughs> and, and sign in the morning saying 
whatever are happening to me, I need to leave this hospital. And I went on set and I spent um, almost all the shooting like this, suffering a lot. So maybe I couldn't realize uh, what was happening. Sometime when the helicopters was coming and filming us and trying to steal some pictures of the movie, then I, I realized what the fuck is happening to people. Some, some people was yelling, uh, hey, Jet, come to fight with me. Then we, 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 we needed to manage a bit uh, um, the public and the security on set. That was some moments where you realize that uh, it's big, but the rest, no, you stay focused at all. Uh, and, and that's it. And after the movie has been released in, in, in Los Angeles, and to be honest, I, I, I refused to go. I didn't want it to go. <laughs> I, I haven't been to the premiere. In France, I've been, but not in the States. Right. Wow, that is a real trial by fire to be going through kidney stones on your first major film. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so obviously the experience of just directing it because of factors like that was difficult, but I'm really interested to know what was the hardest sequence to shoot in the movie? Hmm. Maybe uh, for me it was not action at all because action is quite uh, almost mechanic. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 needs a lot of co uh, concentration, and you need to 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 make everything works, to put everything on, in the same axis. Uh, everything has to 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 function like like you want. If not, you're losing time. You're losing money. Well, so a lot of organization. But when you have to deal with a sequence with a kid and the mother who's crying, or maybe the sequence where she, she uh, Bridget got um, uh, drugged, uh, and 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 the guy was preparing and putting the needles. I remember I was I was working with with Bridget, and she was crying, shouting, and I said, "Okay, we need sorry to do one more again." <laughs> and uh, that was funny because at one point there was a technician come to me and uh, very hungry and say, "You cannot do that." <laughs> <laughs> what what do you mean well you you, you cannot uh use this needle and 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 make it so 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 many times but for sure the needle was was fake but it was very well done and, and she she was really giving everything and she she's very good that all the the technician on set was really believing i was an awful guy who was torturing <laughs> her <laughs> to make a, a, a to, to to make it real on screen, uh, and it was not the case. Even though the, the guy who did the needle was just a, an anecdote, but uh, um, how do you say the um, the, ex the the guy who's doing all the accessories was a friend of mine. He was actually a not teacher in school for kids from 11 to 16 and and i i told him you know one one day i will do a movie and if i do a movie you will stop your work and you will work with me and uh and he say okay deal and and i called him like in july and i say you know what in september you, you are with me on the movie Ooh, so i need to resign my uh my, my job as a teacher I say yes you have to do it 
and he did it. And all the accessories was really, really the best. Uh, so that's why the team was believing it was uh, it was true. After he did the movie with uh, Coppola, with a lot of big director, because this guy was really good. But for for me, maybe is the one I remember. Uh, it's like you you have to uh, enter in the character and you have to suffer with the character to enter in emphasis with, with, with the sequence. So it was not so hard for sure to suffer on that set, but I was suffering with her and I needed to put myself in that, that state. Uh, I don't know, it's the way I work. And so that, that, that was an experience and maybe the, the most complicated for me. One thing we haven't touched on, but it's, I imagine, quite important for everyone is Jet Li himself and just, you know, what it was like to work with one of the masters of martial arts cinema. Uh, very impressive. Huh? I'm sure I was very impressed. It was hard to, to, I, I was not like a big fan, completely crazy, um, like wow, I'm gonna work. Maybe if I was doing a, a martial art movie with Steven Spielberg, it would have been <laughs> much more right. for me. <laughs> but uh, I was not impressed that way. But sure, I wanted to um, to bring him a movie uh, above the other, and it was very difficult because in China they 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 are they, 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 the way they work. Uh, you know, you you cannot do this in France, uh, in Europe. I mean, to be honest, they are laughing with you. They say, well, yeah, we attach a guy to a car and then we kick the car goes and wow, the, the guy fly away. And, and at the end, the guy was dead and they almost laugh. <laughs> and you right. say, what? <laughs> that, uh, or you ask someone to 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 jump from the 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 windows, and the guy jump from the windows and and and, and break himself. <laughs> but they are doing it. You cannot do that here. So how to compete first with that kind of way of working? Um, then they arrive on set themselves, and the 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 writer is coming on set also with with. The right the the right machine and in the mornings they are writing the story <laughs> meanwhile they are preparing the day so those guys working on with improvisation all the time and somewhere it's very interesting to improvise like this but we cannot because in europe they wanted to to know how much you're going to spend what you're going to do uh, for sure for question of insurance of, of security of of cable or whatever so 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 that was the big biggest challenge for me um finding a way to enhance jet uh, like uh, never well ambitious but at least uh it was my goal so front of him uh once again i was just focused focus focus and the the guy is very um i mean he's really like this <laughs> he's really good <laughs> he, 
is a superhero. I mean, the, the, the thing he's doing, he, you don't believe it. Uh, you don't understand. So there was a time of adaptation to really understand that this, this guy was really doing what, what was happening on screen. Was not a trick. <laughs> so maybe uh, that took me a while to understand uh, that I, I, I was able to take profit of this. Uh, because I didn't have so much uh, rehearsal with him. Okay, he arrived on set, say, okay, let's do it. And you don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you know, you, you saw it on screen, but not on set. <laughs> that was my first time. So um, that was my improvisation. And you hear stories just about how fast Jet Li moved when he was doing his martial arts. Did that pose any challenges just in terms of, you know, filming him? It's true that you, you, you are watching the rush and doing playback and you say, shit, I don't see, I don't see shit. <laughs> 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 <Where>? <laughs> you, you go, the, 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 uh, the, the, play, the playback was not so good at this time, but uh, really, um, you say, is there, is there a problem with the camera? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, so maybe with the, the, the different cameras and you, you can, uh, but I remember that, 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 that we were all surprised watching the, the takes and saying, ah, um, we're going to work on sound <laughs> then <laughs> because, because regarding the picture, it was not that. So that's why you, you bring in a lot of, of people and it's fighting with a lot of people and then, okay, you can register. If not, with, with a guy, uh, that was that sequence with the, the slap on, on the face. Uh, and and it, 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 we, we did like four takes and it was like, okay, uh, the first take I'm gonna do uh, the first slap for real and the other not. And the second tape, I'm gonna do the second slap for real and the third, the third slap. And the guy said, okay, whatever. And um, and after we, we were supposed to shoot the rest the day the, the day after. And I remember he, he, the, 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 the Max Ryan, the, the actor told me, fuck, it's true. The, he's, he's doing it so fast, but it's very precise. He really slapped him for the edition for real only one time not to to hurt him too much and after he needed to lift him and and send him on the table and and the guy is this this uh taller than him but uh the guy fly <laughs> because i didn't want it to cut just to to see so i i let it roll uh, and after the slap i say okay well i don't say nothing and he start to send him and blam, explode the, 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 the table. I say, oh, I cut <laughs> because there was no protection. <laughs> so it's going to, it's going to break him. Uh, and it really left him like if it, he was nobody. Uh, I don't know. It was surreal. So, um, mm, that I, 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 I didn't film so much in, in slow-mo at this period so for sure if you want to see him going fast then use the slow-mo but it's not the deal you don't want to see him slow-mo doing uh, uh, i mean for me it was not the, the 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 intention of the movie to to take profit of every movement 
at, at this period, it was not really uh, fancy to make it like this. I, I wanted to have something like realistic, like rough. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Calling all agents. Independent podcasting, much like the spy game, requires considerable resources. Whether it's research, equipment, hosting, or of course, constructing a top secret volcano lair, we're putting out the call for your support. That's right. As you may know, we've activated the Spy Hearts Patreon, home of our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors and full film commentaries with more intel than a Basil Exposition briefing. Cam, what have we got in our crosshairs this month? It's commentary time, and we are tackling 1966's Our Man Flint. It's going to be groovy, far out, happening, and so much more. We're going 60s style, baby. And if that sounds delicious, then become a true spy hard today and join the circus at patreon.com slash spyhards. But before this message self-destructs, Cam, resume the spy jinx. Now... There's a couple of questions I've got left on the film, but there's one question that myself and Cam had when we reviewed the film earlier this week, and that's more to do with the plot itself. So if you don't know, that's fine. But the film is sometimes advertised as a spy film and that Jet Li's character is an agent from like a secret agent from China. And then sometimes it's advertised as he's a cop from China do you have any recollection as to where this comes down? Uh, I don't know if I understood the question. You mean uh, during the promo, there was is uh, a special agent during the and then it was a cop, or during the movie it changed like the 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 position. Well, more just I'll ask you as as the director, what did you see Jet Li's character as? Because it's advertised on like the promotional artwork as as he's a secret agent, um, but a lot of times throughout the film he's just referred to as a cop. So for you, I suppose the question: What did you see him as? As a secret agent or, or more of a police officer? I would have say a police officer, but then uh, maybe the way uh, it, it is in China and since he's working. And he was working abroad for sure is sort of uh agent uh special agent uh that that was that that was the picture i had from that kind of of guy mm -hmm. because myself i i've been in china and i've been in china since uh during the the tiananmen uh, events I don't know if you know what what mm -hmm. uh, what is it about, yeah. mm -hmm. and and then I had a friend, a Chinese friend, that had to run away from China and spend six months in my uh, in my apartment in Paris, and he was telling me all the story was happening because I was telling him, well, you should go to the Chinatown and and find some friend, <laughs> and, and and try to connect with people, and he told me, but you're crazy, <laughs> Chinatown is full of of agent of policemen uh, that that that's uh, chasing us to bring us back because uh, it's very it's very dangerous and and he had a friend and I remember the friend that was uh, purchased by those policemen cops but working for the government 
and trying to to catch him and the guy was uh in his hotel room and they was trying to to break the door and he, he chose to jump from the windows and he break all his leg or everything so just not to get catched by the police somewhere <laughs> but they were acting undercover, full undercover. And if they grab him, they put him in a taxi or whatever, and you don't see him anymore. And he's spending his day in the, in the jail because they were telling me, this guy who was living with me, describing situation like uh, his uncle just listening to the US radio and he's been denounced by a neighbor and he spent 17 years in, in jail uh, just for that. So, so my approach then, uh, when I did this movie, was very influenced by this uh, way uh, Chinese police can can act. It's it's not all black or white. <laughs> There's a lot of sure. gray. <laughs> so that I guess. Uh, let's take also some it's a part of answer maybe right okay um now there's a couple sequences i just want to ask you about um the big iconic shot from this movie was the you know the cue ball the pool ball that gently kicks up in the air and then kicks at the guy i'd like to know just about directing that sequence how did that break down um i remember that jet was hurt and he 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 he, he, he didn't shoot as uh, every all the text I wanted him to do because after a while shooting um, nothing was like almost more painful than shooting something <laughs> for his knee. Mm -hmm. So I think after a take, he told me I cannot make it anymore. And um, he had a few double, but for sure they are double. So I had to improvise quite a bit. To be honest, I'm more efficient when I'm improvising. Then it's not the kind of sequence you have everything on the board. I have a few vision. For sure, I wanted to have this camera coming on the other guy and, and being, being taking the, the, the bullet. So this POV of the, 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 the bull pole coming to him was uh was very important but once again we were doing um uh regarding we were doing the 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 the, the, the breakdown regarding the, the the set and the possibility we had on the set and we we had a lot of chance because we uh we shoot in in um switzerland and they had this hotel in Montreux, very French style, and they give us all the, the lobby for us just one night. So we destroy all the lobby. Hmm. But of course, I, I it was just one night as far as I remember. So I had to ventilate, I had to, to make a lot of choice because this sequence, it, it was really a big sequence for me and uh, we, we break everything and in the morning the client come and it was like nothing happened <laughs> we clean right. everything uh, uh we, we just build some wall around the column uh, some 
some furniture, we bring everything, we we did a mess, but at least um, we had, I think, one night to do everything. Wow. Maybe two is the show, but, but it was... Um, so then when he got hurt, uh, okay, um, I don't remember exactly how it was, but I remember that I had to, to improvise, but just keep my intention as a... The rest was just a good idea. Mm -hmm. the, mainly, the, the, the most important in action is the idea. It's not the way you, you, you shoot it. Huh? It's the script. Right. So not, there is not, nothing crazy about the way to direct that. Okay, and I also want to know a little bit about just shooting the um, fight he has with the twins. Because you've got, you know, Cyril Raffaelli, who's in the District B-13 films in there. That is an incredibly memorable fight sequence. I'd just like to know about just shooting that. Uh, well, that that was mainly uh, directed by um, uh, by Corey. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 I was managing... Um, the mood, uh, let's say, I was managing um, maybe the spirit, but in a way also the the the, the input of serial and the input of uh, Corey is the majority of the sequence. Uh, the set uh, designer also was very important for us to bring all these windows, uh, these glass windows, and and breaking everything and. It is a team uh, sequence, really. Uh, I will give uh, the, 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 the priority for me to, um, to, to Korean Jet, to Cyril, uh, and to the, to, to the set designer. And then uh, maybe uh, myself, I, I leave a bit of myself inside, but that, that's the way I, I will uh describe it the, the, this this sequence which is a very very good sequence once again the 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 way it is it is uh told and the the, the story in, behind it, it was interesting the rest for me is, is nothing like uh you never seen before uh so somewhere it's a question of script also all fun the script mm -hmm. i mean of direct direction, but you cannot make it if you don't have Corey. You cannot make it if you don't have Jet. If you don't have Serial, if you, that, 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 that's obvious. So really, those guys are very good, and Serial is someone uh, very, very, very talented. Just lastly, there was one sequence that I had never seen before that you pulled off. It is the kiss of the dragon at the end of the film with the needle at the back of Jackie Cario's neck, and like. On paper, that could come across really silly, but I think you pulled it off. Like, it definitely has an impact. It's <laughs> incredibly unsettling to watch him gurgling and breaking down. I'd like to know about making that work, because I would have to imagine it would be very difficult to do in a way that didn't look like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. I remember I was very, very afraid. That's the kind of sequence also, ah, uh, you say shit. There is nothing on uh, in the story. The, the story is not helping you here. <laughs> okay, tick, you're going to die. Ah, that's all. Uh, your call. Well, uh, 
it's um hopefully it's a good vision i don't know i had this vision it it, it has to to be uh uh realistic and and not not stupid and um and i think people really got token by, by by this uh, interpretation chicky did also um and, and and the way okay that 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 was um there, there was no storyboard i mean i had a, a few storyboard but after i, I never watched it J just for the team because there is a lot of um uh, department that working together so you need a, a storyboard for them to understand where they are going and what they need to bring me and to, to make it work but then after uh, when they, they arrive on set and they say okay it's ready i do whatever i want and i forget and i don't even read the the storyboard but uh, uh for sure i wanted to achieve some moments and that was very important like chapters <laughs> chapters step by step and i needed to achieve it uh, and since i didn't have the the second step i couldn't say i will film the third step uh because if the second doesn't work the third has to be different and if the third doesn't work the fourth has to be different to 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 give an harmony to to make it work and 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 you don't know once again how all those things gonna work if 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 the blood will will drip as you want and, and then you have to 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 change the makeup again and and uh, and it was very very sense simple the, the way to do it okay take some blood come back up do it and then i film and then i watch i say got it i know I I am edit, editing my movie most of, most of the time, so I guess it's helping me to really be precise and saying, okay, from that picture to that picture, I have what I need, and so that gave me the chance to maybe uh, discover and reinvent. Meanwhile, I'm filming the sequence till the end, and at the end, I say, okay, I have something. It was kind of close of what I wanted, and hopefully uh, at the end it works, and and the mayonnaise took. And, uh, and well, I think it works. Hopefully. It really yeah. does work. I think it works, but that was very scary for sure. Because if it doesn't work, then the movie's done. <laughs> and also, you have this villain who's so awful that you want to see something big happen to him, and if you don't deliver on that, then the audience is disappointed. So, I mean, I give you props because I think you pulled it off yes 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 that's the, the the main question with the villain and um that at least that that part was good i'm not so happy with all the rest i did regarding the character of Cheki. i could have been more sub subtle the way to directing him is kind of uh uh not pushing a bit but um he could have been a bit more subtle let's say and that's funny because yesterday i was watching on netflix the gray man and and the bye guy re <laughs> remind me some somewhere my mistake on checky because i say ah, 
when he start to to kick the that door i don't remember um, exactly even though i watched it yesterday and the movie is very good i i don't know if there is a reference some reference of kiss of the dragon but there is a lot of reference in this movie uh but hopefully, I, I hope he didn't took the reference on, on Cheki uh, and that interpretation. I direct myself because he was telling me, don't you think uh, we are pushing too far? And, and I was maybe too young as a director and say, I, I don't think, I don't think, Let, let's keep going like this. And, and this sequence at the end maybe helped the character uh, 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 and the, the, the storyline of the character to, to land somewhere correctly. Because the punishment was good enough uh, regarding the the way the way he act. Um, so, so 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 that's why it was very important. This sequence, <laughs> I knew it was very important in the movie. And thank you for asking because yes, yes, yes. That that's where you as a director, you know, you you, you don't have to to fucked up at this at this this moment of the movie if not oof. i i was going to take us to my final question but i had one more spring to mind and i'd be remiss if i didn't ask because you know, bridget fonda is not really acting anymore and and doesn't really get spoken about too much and so i, I just want to maybe just pick your brain a little bit because a character like bridget's in the film jessica Kamen, it it can be quite a tough tightrope to walk basically you know she is hooked on drugs she's manipulated by the villain uh, but at the same time she has to be given agency in the film how uh, basically the first question and it's sort of a two-part how was it working with bridget what was it like working with her and did you have any trouble with sort of giving her her own voice in the film no um no 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 we we i mean she was the the the, the most friendly um actors i had on set with me first of all and uh really um i have a very very good souvenir as a human of uh bridget um we 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 had a, some a connection some somewhere we 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 had a complicity um i was feeling that she was a bit tired of cinema um she was not finding a sense of life anymore doing this she was doing it very well it's no doubt kind of easy for her but um i was feeling that noise uh, in her what what is it is it really is it really what i want to do or still want to do uh i was feeling that was no she, 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 she i was not that surprised she didn't act anymore uh, later on she she didn't need it uh, and uh, since she didn't feel it anymore i think it's very current just to say okay stop so uh, I, I can understand because myself, I, I, I had this, this moment where I say, well, maybe I can do something else <laughs> of my life. <laughs> That's nice, but maybe I can do something else. I mean, it's, it's not everything just in here. And because I like it, I'm going to do it all my life. I don't know. It's quite smart. And that's maybe our choice and, um, and sounds like it is. 
but then you have to ask her. Yeah. Well, uh, my final question on the film then, and you mentioned how, you know, you were struggling with kidney stones during production. You were in pain. You were in hospital. You didn't, and then you didn't even go to the LA premiere. You went to the one in, in France, but, um, you didn't really watch the film by the sounds of it too much afterwards, apart from the premiere. Have you looked back on the film now? And, uh, you know, what do you, what do you like about the film you made? Uh, that spirit um, of um, the 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 um, I don't know if it's an eighties movie or the, the this movie before two thousand. Uh, well, um, still today I have a very a lot of sympathy for for that kind of movies where uh, we are not doing movies anymore like this. Um, it is attached to. Um, to a period and in this period uh, i think it's a good movie for this period of, of movie so and i realized it maybe recently like a few years ago because before a lot of people come to you and say oh that's the, the movie i prefer um, you you cannot realize you need a lot of time to uh to be objective on, on your your own work so when i watched it uh, recently with my kid uh, 13 years old uh, to show him uh, i could uh, really uh, appreciate it uh, uh, with his company uh, at the right age and i could say well well i'm very happy uh, it, it works fine and there is a lot of movie despair much better than this but uh, but it, it exists it it works i am curious now what was your uh, son's favorite scene from the film uh, <laughs> he he didn't share with me uh, <laughs> he, I, I i think it say like ah oh, okay <laughs> no 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 it's funny i have another kid of 19 now he's is a um, fireman and, and he is his, his colonel was very fun of the movie and himself he he, he never realized uh, i was a uh, famous as a director so he come to me and say well the face of the the, the guy when i told him uh, you, you're my father it was completely insane um I'm not even sure he, he watched it. <laughs> I don't think he, 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 he watched the movie. <laughs> um, so, so maybe the the the, the first one who was 27 who's working with me now on set every day. Him, I should ask him. Um, but I guess it's the first role that the first 20 minutes of the movie that it's really. Uh, the pace is really good so is that your favorite moment all, as well? all the, the, all the yes yes for me uh, uh it's funny yes that's that first role uh, uh how do you say yes the role um in projection you know in 35 the movie is pre-world right <laughs> that the, the first bobbin yeah. uh is the best well i think chris to, to wrap us up today before we let you go whenever we have a guest on the show the first question i want to ask um is you know after kiss of the dragon you've gone on to work in television you've done some more films is there a particular project that you've worked on since that you would point people to go and check out 
another movie I did that wants uh, people to watch. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> no, 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 not really. Uh, I'm not. Uh, no, no, I, I'm not in a position to say something like, why well, you should watch it. It's great. Uh, really. Um, no, no, no. There, there, there's, there's a lot of frustration after, uh, I have to say, because uh, things didn't went like it should uh, during shooting, during set. So I'm not even watching them myself. <laughs> so that that's the only movie I could make it like from from the the the, the start till the end, like I wanted it to be. Uh, the other some really really big problem uh, happens during the shooting so that's uh, that's really where you don't want to leave that so myself i'm not watching them anymore so i'm not going to send nobody to <laughs> watch so just go back and watch kiss of the dragon again that's perfectly fine um yeah. now uh, yes, yes yeah now every guest we've had on the show from nicholas meyer to john glenn they've all been asked the same questions the first one, because we are a spy movie podcast, we need to know, Chris, what is your favorite spy movie? Wow. Um, well, I, I need to remember a good one. Mm. I mean, there is some very good for, for sure, but um, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the old one. I mean, are you a fan of like the Mission Impossible films, James Bond, Alfred Hitchcock? There's a lot of sort of examples. Jason Bourne. Yeah. Anything like that? What would you say? Jason Bourne. The last one? The Like the Bourne movies? No, I was thinking, but I don't consider it as a spy movie. For sure, Jason Bourne, the first one, is, is huge. For me, Mission Impossible, no. Um, I'm not really a fan uh, of it. Um, I, I, I prefer... Um, Hitchcock, for sure, as a reference, I, I, I take a lot of picture, a lot of pleasure watching the, the, those old mm -hmm. movie uh, that for sure doesn't have the same pace. But uh, once again, it's the script I prefer when I'm watching a movie, not really the way it, 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 it is done. The, this movie I saw yesterday, uh, Greyman, I was very, very impressed by the direction of those two guys. Really. The, the wow i was thinking about how much energy i put in kiss of the dragon watching this and i say well they, they should have put a lot of energy so so maybe i, I will say gray man for me uh that's very very good and unless the bad guy that the, the chief the bad guy i mean for sure chris evans is great but um uh i don't remember the the, the name of the 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 chief of um, I don't know this 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 agency they are not CIA whatever they are um, really um, I won't forget this movie for for a while so I will say this one it it's certainly having sort of a mixed reaction online but I was I saw a, a press screening a couple of weeks ago and I was a big fan of it I thought it was a really cool looking film it was nice it was refreshing in the sense of it was a bit kind of over the top but it had a little bit of heart to it too. Like Anna Diarmas is fantastic as well. And Chris Evans is a fantastic villain. So I'm on, I'm with you there. Yes. And of course I, I I've been to cinema like uh, four times a week, watching the same movie just to, 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 um, 
to feel the difference uh, that can happen from the first one, the second one. And I can say the audience is part of the movie. Uh, so when you are watching a Netflix movie, it's completely different. You're watching it at home. Once again, it depends the, the way you are and what is the situation. I, I was with my wife, cool, having some junk food and, and watching this movie with no expectation at all. I, I never heard about it. I say, wow, okay, look, this sounds good. Let's watch it. To be honest, usually I cannot uh, pass 10 minutes after a Netflix movie. For me, they are all, <laughs> are all. there's a lot of, crap but this one i was like wow okay sounds like a real movie for, uh, at the uh, for at the end uh we 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 had a, a moment of cinema i feel like a moment of cinema so i'm good public i'm not uh very critic but um once since it works and, and i spent a, a good moment and as a director i could see a lot of very 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 um um, performance that has been done. Uh, that's that's all I, I want <laughs> from the movie. Yeah. I don't need so much. That's that's really no, perfect. That's already done. Um, now, the only other question we would ask at this point is: Are you a fan of the James Bond series? Uh, I, I haven't seen the last one since a friend told me the end. So <laughs> 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 and uh, it's like I need to forget it to 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 watch it, but it's gonna be hard. Um, yes, yes, I uh, it's part of my uh, my culture, uh, the, the James Bond movie, and especially the 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 the, the, the last ones with with Craig's is are, are very good. Um, what do you want me to say? Um, do you have like a is there a favorite Bond film you have, like going back to Connery or anything like that? Any particular Bond film you like to rewatch? I I don't remember the title, but the, the, this one where they are they are running on the crane, uh, you know, in uh, South uh, in uh, North Africa, uh, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Yes, I think this one. Yes, it's a fantastic film. Yes, they all. Somewhere. Well, I, I think they, they. Well, yeah, they. I, I'd say mostly are. Um, but Chris, all I can do is is thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and really sort of help flesh out the story that uh, is Kiss of the Dragon. It, it's nice to to hear it from the man who made the film himself. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a pleasure. That's all. I took. A, I had a good time with you guys. So thank you. And uh, like the way you. Well, you you are involved in the in the question, and I feel you are interested by uh, the subject. So it was a it was a pleasure. Thank you for that. There you go, folks. That was our chat with the director of Kiss of the Dragon, Mr. Chris Nail. Now, Cam, what did you think? I thought this was a really interesting chat, and that like when we brought up you know the subject of you know which of the martial arts sequences really stood out to you and that sort of stuff that he was like well you know that stuff was pretty technical and mostly easy to put together what i'd like to talk about is the scene with bridget fonda's character being injected with the drugs and talking about how tense that scene you know was to film and i think it's something we definitely talked about in the review was like this is in many ways kind of a 
you know, standard 2000s uh, martial arts film. Mm -hmm. Although I think this one is better than many. But like scenes like this really stood out to us and just how much the actors were bringing. And clearly that was something that meant a lot to him, you know, after having finished the film. Yeah, I mean, it it obviously stuck with him 20 years later that he still wanted to talk about it. And I think... I think the human connection seemed to be quite important with him when it came to this film. As he said, it, it was more like a technical feat when you did the martial arts sequences, and many of them were somewhat tackled by the action director of the film as well. It was kind of like a joint working when it came to directing those sequences, whereas I imagine the one-to-one human scenes were very much Chris. Well, I, I, can, I know that. And so I, I can understand why he was a bit more passionate about those. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit almost of, um, you know, like what Marvel... Uh, films do now where it's like your director is working with the actors through all the dramatic scenes but there's a lot of help with obviously all the you know the second unit and the action sequences so it's really about focusing on getting the performances and as he said capturing the vibe on set that he needed to create a creatively you know fertile environment well i mean let's let's just take it back a little bit as well i mean the fascinating finding out about getting his start in the industry it just you know a little bit of spy work himself, chucking on a tuxedo and infiltrating the Cannes Film Festival. That's uh, that's quite the feat. I don't know that it registered with him either that, you know, spy hards, this being a spy podcast, just how spy that was. When he said the tuxedo, I mean, I really responded to that. Yeah, I mean, fair play to the guy. I now I now own my first tuxedo. So, um, yeah, I look pretty good in it too. So I, I'm sure I could probably sneak into Cannes with it. Yeah, and I was also um, a little surprised, but also just happy he didn't know that Spielberg anecdote about how Spielberg got his start sneaking onto studios. And uh, he seemed genuinely kind of to brighten up when I mentioned that. Yeah, and and how crazy as well that the person he saw in the crowd was working with him on the market stools for months before. And it just goes to show, and and I suppose if you chart back all of the Spymaster interviews, and I recommend you go and check them all out, a lot of the time, it seems to be this element of luck in Hollywood where you just stumble into things. Mm-hmm. There's, of course, talent, not taking away from anyone's talent, but there's a lot of people that are very talented that don't go anywhere. Yeah. There needs to be an element of luck, and, and Chris had a lot of luck that day. Well, it's like I was watching, and you know, he brought up the movie The Gray Man in terms of the spy movie he enjoyed, but like I was watching just an interview with the directors of that film, the Russo Brothers, and they were asked about, you know, their film school. And they were like, well, we went, but we dropped out. We kind of got an opportunity and pursued that. And then we went back and did a little bit, but mostly, no, we are not graduates of our film school. So it's like, even when they sell you on these programs and are like, this is how you become a director. You go to, you know, a prestigious film school and learn the tools of the trade. Not necessarily the case. There's so many different ways into that industry that don't align with, say, another profession. Like, you're not going to have a lot of people just wind up in law. You know, you're going to go to law school. But with film, it's a little more fluid and a little more, as you said, luck or circumstance. Yeah, I I mean, I don't imagine people working at nuclear containment facilities have just lucked their way into the job. (laughs) They're probably very smart people. Uh, One would like to hope. I'd like to tell you about the new job I just got uh, just through nepotism. (laughs) (laughs) You're just Homer Simpson, basically, on the control panel. (laughs) That's me now. (laughs) That makes sense. I know you do love donuts. So. And Vancouver is known for its nuclear plants, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the rolling hills paired with the rolling volcano- volcanoes. Volcanoes? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's where our lair is being built, I think. That's right. 
Hmm. Oh, wait, it's top secret. I couldn't tell anyone. But, I mean, back to Kiss of the Dragon. Another interesting thing is just Luc Besson sort of finding him out of, I would say, obscurity. And that sounds offensive, but he even he would be the first to say that he was working in, like, commercials. He'd given up his career, and he was just trying to get this short film made to, to make his name to get noticed. And in the process of making it, he was found anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, back to that luck thing, which I think is really fascinating. But what I wanted to talk about was um, was the casting. A bit of a revelation. Obviously, we, there was two other people shortlisted above Bridget Fonda, although we both said Bridget Fonda did a fine job. Um, Chris couldn't remember the second one. I, I'll, I'll try and get in contact with him and see if we can find the other one, put it online. But Charlie Theron was their number one choice for the film. And, I mean, I, I don't know where Charlize was around 2001. I, now she's one of the most sought-after actors in the world. But uh, what, what was she doing around that time, Cam? So, like, she'd had her big breakthrough in Two Days in the Valley in 1996, I believe it was. And then I remember her bouncing around a number of things. Like, it took a few years to solidify Charlize Theron as, you know, kind of the movie star. But, like, I think Monster is, like... If maybe 2004 so here i think she's doing stuff like i think this is the year after reindeer games um around then um i think she was doing the astronaut's wife around this time period so she's definitely headlining a lot of movies um but hasn't quite clicked as one of our big actresses of this era hmm. well and i suppose a little thought experiment for a brief second and you can play along at home who is that other actor? So it's 2001, maybe 2000 when they're casting this. I, 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 if we're talking with like, in terms of looks, Bridget Fonda and, and Charlie Theron have in common tends to be um, blonde hair, blondish hair, brown blonde hair. My, my immediate brain went to Cameron Diaz, but I'm not quite sure she's, I mean, she's about, she literally stars in Charlie's Angels the year before. You know, it's not impossible, but I would think with something about Mary being such a huge hit in 98, might have been out of their price range or out of their ability to draw her in. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's like a, a, a bad guess. Because um, I would also say like Nicole Kidman would not be someone they'd be approaching. Um, hmm. Well, maybe she's on the list of like ideas, but they just couldn't, you couldn't get her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's always whenever they like, you know they talk about lists of people up for roles, there's always the dream list. Like you could say, pretty much any movie made in Hollywood, DiCaprio's on their list. It doesn't mean that they approached him. It doesn't mean that uh, you know he was interested. It just means he was on the list. We'd love to have him, but we have to rule that one out. No, no, I, I know. I had a list of pe- people I was asking to be co-hosts of the show, and I mean, <laughs> I, I won't tell you your number, Cam, but you were on the list. Well, I am honored that um, at least Mark Marin said no to you. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Um, he was much higher up on the list than you were, but then many people were. Mm. Anyway, the other thing I was quite surprised about, and I'm glad we got to put to Chris, and we said it in the main episode in the review this week, is this film a spy film? Yeah. Now, I'm not sure we got a thorough answer, although I may not have asked the question very well. It might be on me. But the way Chris went on to explain it is that he sees people, you know, police officers from China that work internationally as kind of agents anyway. And he had some real life examples of dealing with these people. So maybe that was his. And he said he took that real life experience into the film. So I would say it probably does lean on the side of special agent. 
But he just, I mean, to be fair, a spy wouldn't walk around saying he's a spy. He'd walk around saying he's a police officer. Yes. So maybe that was the trick. I think something we should maybe do a little research on. This one kind of took us by surprise. I think when we watched Kiss of the Dragon, we were completely thrown as to exactly what this character was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But there are some Jackie Chan movies on our list. And I do think there is a bit of a history in Chinese cinema of these movies. I think of like Jackie Chan's First Strike or Super Cop. And I apologize to Jackie Chan diehards. I'm giving the North American titles, not their Chinese titles. They get very confused, um, obviously, when they're released overseas under different titles. But... There is this history within those films of Jackie Chan playing quote unquote police officers who are involved in very like James Bondian spy caper kind of stuff. And so I wonder if there's more of a blending in martial arts films um, there that maybe that's just what they were translating here, um, making essentially a, you know, a France shot version of what those movies kind of do. But when you ask people the specifics, is this a spy movie? it gets a little kind of like, well, <laughs> we kind of fudged around a little bit. Oh, yeah, because if you look, on, and we said this in the review, if you look on paper, he's doing things that spies do. He's going overseas, he has a fake passport, he carries a gun overseas, he's infiltrating stuff, he then goes undercover, takes down a big crime syndicate that turns out to be the police. Um, that's pretty That's pretty licensed to kill. Yeah, that's pretty hard-boiled James Bond. Or at least some other spy films like Day of the Jackal, that sort of stuff as well. There's, there's all kinds of stuff in there built into it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it ultimately, I think we've decided that it passes muster. Yeah. And I think when we do one of those Jackie Chan films on the show that specifically tie into that kind of confusion, I'll do a little bit of research as to actually the type of police and how they would operate in China. Because I just think it may be a little bit different than what we think of as your standard difference between a cop and a spy. Yeah, it's about time you start pulling your weight around here. Damn right, damn right. One thing I thought was interesting was talking about that iconic, you know, kicking the billiard ball um, at the at the bad guy, which was in every trailer, every commercial. Like, that was what they really sold this movie on in a big way. And just to hear the story that, like, it was not glamorous and that Jet Li was injured and that they had to kind of improvise and work their way through the sequence. And... I mean, ultimately it led to the big trailer moment. So congratulations to them. Yeah, and of course, like Chris said, he had that, that image of that tracking shot of the ball straight into, uh, what's the actor's name? Paul Barrett as the pilot's head. That kind of a Sam Raimi-esque camera shooting at someone's face shot. Uh, and he had that in his head before they even did it. So they got that shot. And I think it is one of the... Only moments in the film I think I'll remember long term, right. but it is a really good shot. And you just know, like nowadays, they would just CG that ball. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You'd have like a wide shot, and it would just sort of fly at the guy, and he would fall back. Yeah, yeah. What a shame. Yeah, I mean, this what movie does have that sort of old school fight choreography about it that I really love, and it mm. feels very refreshing to watch it now after watching. So many of these, like, um, you know, heavily CG altered fight scenes or scenes that are shot in front of green screens, so everything looks a little blurry or indistinct. I watch this, see, you know, this film and see some of these fight sequences, and they and they look phenomenal. Like they just look so cool to see, like the Jet Li movement and what he brings to these fights. And some of them, I I keep going back, and we didn't ask him about this, but like the fight with the um the police officers, 
you know, where there's the martial arts school yeah. <laughs> operating out of the police department. But like the scene where it's the three guys hitting him with batons and Jet Li dodging and hitting back at all three of them at the same time is just so cool to see. Well, he mentioned that like when they were talking about how quick Jet Li moved, the best way they had to sort of fix that was by making him fight multiple people at the same time. Mm-hmm. It just allowed it to track a lot better. So I imagine scenes like that were built into it to allow it to look better. He even said, Chris, I should say, uh, pronouns, um, that they had some adaptability on the set. And that's one thing I found quite interesting about this whole chat as well is, you know, much as, you know, when he was brought into the project, the script by Robert Kamen and Luc Besson was basically set. They, they, they made a few changes, but it was basically ready to go. And But the, the studio basically left them to it, gave them their budget and, and let them get on with it and sort of trusted Chris and, and, and Jet Li to sort of, make the final film which i think that it's uh yeah we had our issues with the film but i think successful yeah i for what it tried to do and yeah it's as you said it was the best of the jetly north american hollywood style martial arts films that he did yeah i think people would say it's either unleashed or kiss of the dragon but i have fonder memories of kiss of the dragon yeah i think i'm the same as i said to chris off air afterwards i had to copy this in my house we said it in the review this got watched a lot in my household growing up. So I have a fondness for this film. But uh, yeah, that was our chat with Chris. I mean, again, we want to thank him for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, one thing as well, as he pointed out that his favorite spy movie, just because I imagine just recency in his head, was The Grey Man, which is out now on Netflix. And we, I say we, I covered it with uh, George from Cinema Savvy quite recently back on the show. We'll do a main full episode on it down the line. But uh, interesting that from one director to the other, he was uh, quite fascinated by what the Russo brothers put out. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we tend to have a lot of directors on or, or writers or actors who will talk about, you know, a Hitchcock film or a you know old Bond film or something, Three Days of the Condor. It's just interesting to have someone talk about a new movie and how a new movie really impacted them. Because I do think, ourselves included, we would default back to classics versus something that's newer. Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a fan of The Grey Man. I wouldn't say it's changing the world, but I think it was a fine film for a Netflix film. And, um, I mean, recently it was announced it's getting a sequel. I think two potentially, like a spin-off. So... Bully for the Russo brothers. Good to see that. And I, I'm looking forward to see what they do with the next film. Speaking of the next film, Cam, what do we have coming up next week? Oh, more of the same, Scott. We're going from Kiss of the Dragon to Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs. <laughs> Two movies that I think belong next to each other on the DVD shelf. This is the sequel to Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine starring Vincent Price. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting film. I wasn't a the biggest fan of the first Goldfoot entry. And it's always funny when people tell you that, oh, the, the first one's a lot better than the second. <laughs> so I, I haven't got my hopes up particularly high yeah. for this film. So maybe that, that's actually going to service me well because I'll go in with such low expectations that I might really enjoy it. Possibly. Hopefully there's some claymation in this one as well. Yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Uh, maybe a decent soundtrack as well. The Supremes did a good job with the first one. And no hour-long TV special we have to watch for preparation. Uh, I know hour long chase through the streets of San Francisco. I'm not going to rule that one out. Okay. Uh, well, we're also joined by Matthew Bradford from the Spyberry podcast and the Spyberry group on Facebook. He's been on the show before to talk about In Like Flint. He likes his 60s spy movies. He's particularly his European ones. He is the perfect guest to have on the show. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch 
Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs and join us next week. Do not forget to follow us discreetly on social media at SpyHards. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But, Cam, until next week, take me to heaven!